my name comes from Star Trek. Did you know that? Uh, I, I gotta hear that. <laughs> okay. Welcome to another edition. Actually, this is the fifth episode of FAMS, where I talk to friends, family, and complete strangers about film, art, music, science, and all the beautiful things that make the world go round. And today's guest is my friend, uh, my family. And at one point, she was a complete stranger until I went up to her and said, Hey, Dr. Tapring Picado. Thank you for inviting me. It's so nice to be talking to you today. Today, she's going to tell us a little bit about her journey from the rough streets of Georgetown to the rougher, rougher halls of the California State Senate. So, Tapring? Sure, I'll share a little bit about my journey. I'll even start from before then about how I grew up in Sacramento, California, and it's almost a full circle back to Sacramento. So uh, I grew up in Sacramento, and when I was a little girl, I loved puzzles, puzzles of all kinds, um, whether they were actual puzzles or cognitive puzzles, um, figuring out different things, playing you know, different board games. Um, and that led me to my journey to computer science, which for me is like a big puzzle to figure out the coding and the pieces and the algorithms that go together to solve problems. I moved from computer science in my undergrad at Georgetown on to teaching computer science and community service back at the high school that I went to. Um, from there, I spent a couple of years in the teaching profession, but I went back to grad school and got my degree in neuroscience. And again, I was just so fascinated about how our brain uh, translates things from you know, our personality, our actions, our emotions, um, but what was uh, what I ended up deciding on studying in my my graduate thesis was the way that we understand and remember things in verbal speech communication, mm. because it's the primary way that we discuss things and have interactions and really thrive in life, in my opinion. Mm. Um, from then, I moved back to my hometown um, for a brief moment. Uh, and then did my postdoc at UC Irvine, actually in cognitive science. And then I got a fellowship doing policy, actually back in my hometown of Sacramento. Mm -hmm. And then I went on to do policy research and policy uh, graduate. Um, I was a professor of graduate work for policy and policy in action. And now I'm back in Sacramento doing work, helping elected officials. So. My primary role is as an independent policy consultant, and I'm in service to elected officials that are elected to do their work in Sacramento, California. And my title is Chief Policy Director. I remember uh, a few years back, you were, um, you were striving to be uh, an elected official as well. Can you, can you tell us a little bit about you know, what you learned from that, what your experience was like, and how your, your, your background uh, helped you get to where you are right now? Yes, actually, I ran for state office. Um, so I ran for what we call state assembly. Um, it was for the area around um, the UCLA area. So if you're from California, UCLA is our big University of California school. Um, everyone across the nation probably has heard of UCLA. And so I ran to represent that area. Uh, I ran during a special election, which means that the person representing our area um, left office 
and it was open. So there was no incumbent. So there was no one selected prior to it. So I, I um, got the gumption and courage to run, never having run for an, an elected position before. And I did pretty well. I got in second place among four or five candidates, but I did get second place. And so I wasn't elected during the special election. It was at this very strange time where it overlapped with our midterm primary elections that we were having in our state. Mm -hmm. um, and so my name was on the ballot for the primaries and I got in second place again, even though I wasn't campaigning. I just had so much name recognition um, and I was well received. So then I got second place in the general election. And so throughout that entire year, you know, happened in April and June and then November, um, I did so well and uh, elected officials um, were uh, sorry to see me not not become their colleague, but they asked if I could help support them in their policy endeavors. And so yeah. that's where I really leveraged all that experience of campaigning and wanting to represent my area into helping others that are representing um, constituents uh, become more well-versed on the policies that are passing through our state legislature. It is really interesting. So I'm not running anytime soon because right. it was a very challenging experience. But uh, one of the things that I do am doing right now is I'm writing a book and it's mm -hmm. a book on secrets. It's not a book on political secrets. I don't have, I'm not like a tell-all book. Um, it's sort of about the power of secrets and how we can build up our identity or actually really harm our identity through it. And one of the aspects to it is sort of how to get it promoted and thoughtful and using this as a way to leverage my own network. Yeah. And someone has suggested podcasts um, and like having people come on and tell like a secret or something that they held in confidence for a very long time. And I was like, hmm, that sounds interesting. Maybe I'll consider it. Well, well to bring my, my secret right now is I have no idea what I'm doing uh, with this podcast. <laughs> that I'm figuring it out as I go, so. Okay, so to Pring, I, I know when, when we first met and at Sacknes many, many years ago, I, I think I asked you to repeat your name several times because I'd, I'd never heard it. Uh, where does your name uh, originate from? That's a great question that I get asked quite often. Um, it's not a family name. It's actually from Star Trek. So in one of the original episodes, Spock had a woman he was betrothed, he was supposed to marry, and her name was T'Pring. And she was a very strong, capable woman. And so wow. I like to say wow, that wow. in my Vulcan uh, namesake that I lead with logic and reason as well. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> uh, well, well, that's certainly beamed me up today. That's awesome, I love that story. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Are there any movies right now that are uh, on your on your top top three playlist oh yes i i love movies it got me through covid um i you know i i would have to say my three favorite things right now are uh fight club it's an oldie but goodie um <laughs> hamilton hamilton um you know i had the the pleasure of seeing live just recently for my birthday um but alina manuel new one is actually uh, Encanto. And I think it's because I, I really um, see myself in the sister that's 
Louisa and she's really strong and confident and everyone relies on her, but she also struggles with lack of confidence and just knowing that she um, is the one that's dependable. And I really relate to that because I also, in my friends and family group, am seen as very dependable. And sometimes you're just not that strong and uh, you need to ask for help. And, and so I really um, resonate with that character because she is strong and confident and capable. And yet she also knows that she has to ask for help. And so I'm learning um, in the last couple of, of years, particularly in COVID times, that our friendships and our network is really what brings us strength and asking for help is something that we should do more often because it doesn't show weakness it really is an, an aspect of our strength so let's go back to your days in brandeis and georgetown when you were doing your data analysis those late nights in the lab uh, mm -hmm. what what on earth were you listening to like what sort of music what, what was the thing that kind of kept you there late at night uh, what was it? Yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> definitely I am a music aficionado. I listen to music constantly. Um, I can't quite remember what I was listening to back in the early 2000s, but I can tell you what I've been listening to lately um, is uh, Beyonce. I love her and all that she embodies. Yes. And she has a song called Ego. Oh. And and in it, you know, it's really a song that for me, you know, I put in my my AirPods and just blast it. And she talks about confidence and femininity, femininity and power and really the development into the strong person that she is. And so that's one of one of my favorite songs right now. Um, I think. Uh, Another song is Everything is Awesome. It went with the Lego movie. Um, <laughs> oh, it's really just... <laughs> it's one of those things that just pumps me up. And it's just like, you know, there's so much struggle. And yet there's really a lot of things to be grateful for. And I think, you know, that just puts me in a good mood, a smile on my face. And I can just listen to that. Um, yeah, so that those are sort of the things that inspire me and motivate me to like push forward on the hard days and stay up late at night. But I almost always have background music on. Wow, that's awesome. So I, I know one of the things that 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 really motivated you, um, we talked about in the past was something about workforce development, correct? And yes, that was one of your platforms, I, I believe when you were when you're running. Uh, yeah. Can, can you tell our audience a little bit more about what you're doing right now with Workforce Development? Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, last summer, I was, I was researching about how to inspire um, students to get into the public sector workforce. And I myself was thinking about, you know, workforce development and what do I want to be when I grow up. And I was brainstorming with one of my dear friends, Joey Pasquale. And we came together and we were like, we should start a nonprofit that helps young people, particularly young people of color, um, get their first job and, hmm. and find out what other types of careers are out there. And so for me, it's been really important to sort of explore my career options. And some of the things I'm doing today, I never even dreamt of when I was in college. And right. so we, we started this organization called Ad Steam. 
which stands for Advancing and Developing a Diverse STEAM Workforce. So you've heard of STEM, the science, technology, engineering. We include agriculture and agriculture and math workforce. And so Add STEAM is the name of our organization. You can learn more about it going to www.addsteam.org. And it is really, as, as I climb up, as we climb up, it's really important for me to lift people up. And so that's the whole mission and values of this organization and workforce development and engagement and mentorship and sponsorship is so important to me that I have dedicated um, now this big portion of my life to, um, you know, help others. What does the, the ad team in terms of uh, help in career development with, with these grants? One of the first primary ways is um, a cash scholarship provided to use for career preparation. Also, you know, sometimes you need those first starter tools like a computer, like an iPad, things like that, that might be essential tools for just advancement in your career, that very starting point. But we also give mentorship on how to interview, how to write your your resume, whether it's a resume or in more academic forms, a CV. Uh, we, we also are starting to develop these webinars, which is really giving the job seeker um, the opportunity to explore other things that may be out there that are interesting that they had never heard of. So little things like that um, are, are small aspects that we're building upon right now. Excellent. And I'll, I'll leave a link in the description below uh, where you can find inf- more information about Adsteam. Before we end this, I really wanted to ask you if there was something that you can, you know, look back upon and tell your younger self back in, you know, your Georgetown days, your Brandeis days, what sort of advice would you give yourself? That is a really good question. What advice would I give my younger self? Um, You know, I learned a few years ago that bees, queen bees are not born queens, right? Their ovaries actually aren't developed. All bees are born equal. And queen bees are actually chosen and then bathed in this milky substance. I say bathed, but it's really they're they're fed with this milky substance called royal jelly. And so what that sort of tells me is that, you know, bees, queen bees aren't born that way. They're created and developed and nurtured. And so I would tell my younger self, you know, you are developing into a queen bee and you need to, you know, feed yourself with a royal jelly. And what that means, what's going to be really essential is getting to know great people and taking risks and sometimes taking steps and being courageous when you aren't quite sure and you will develop into a queen bee. Well, we have come to the end of our brief conversation, and I'm sure it shall be continued uh, at another point when things are moving along, when things are full steam ahead for you. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Looking forward to it. So, so thank you again for, for being my guest, and we shall reconnect in the future. Great. Thank you for having me. Have a great All right. day. All right. Take care. Take care. Everything is awesome.